Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Good truth or fiction Tuesday to you all. Andrew Coppins, Pat only alongside you. If you are new to the program, thank you so much for tuning in, for downloading, rating, reviewing, however you found us. Do not forget you can watch this show every single Monday through Friday on our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe there uh, so you don't miss a single episode or on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you so very much for tuning in and critically thinking with us. Um, and if you are new to the program, Truth or Fiction Tuesday is very simple, right, Pat? We're going to give some statements to each other. And the other person decides if that statement is truth or fiction, and then we discuss. Pretty simple, right? Generally speaking, yes. So we are going to do that today. We're, of course, going to play the famous The Bee or Not The Bee, a headline ripped from the Babylon Bee or Not The Bee. We have to decide whether or not we believe it to actually be The Bee or Not The Bee. Again, a very simple concept. And we are, of course, playing for $100 of Dominic Izzo's money. Um, so if you you tune into the Rants of Izzo, please let him know uh, he has yet to pay us this year. Uh, and we're in the, like, almost $1,000 range. You, you know, people who uh, have been supposed to have been paying us the last few years have really sucked at this. I'm pretty sure we could bring some lawsuits because we're owed a lot of money. Like almost five grand. Something like that. Yeah. And then triple that for for um, not just punitive, but emotional damages. Yes, it, it makes Andrew cry in a corner almost on a nightly basis. You Yes, you are correct. <laughs> My wife wonders why I'm crying in the corner. Now yeah. she knows. Now she knows. Now mm. she knows. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. And with all of that out of the way, all those shenanigans out of the way, do not forget you can follow us on social media. I am at The Coppin Show. He's at The Pat Only Show. And we are at Critical Thinking Show on Instagram. So you can follow us all of those fine, wonderful places. And by the way, ye, formerly known as Kanye West, man, yo ho boy, look out for Parlor to make a comeback. You didn't see that story? Uh, what? He bought Parlor yesterday. Kanye, I'm not. I'm not getting He's back. Not on Kanye Parler. West anymore. He's just Yay. I, I'm not getting back on Parlor. Sorry. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's an interesting move considering, um, you know, he, um, is spewing a lot of the. So. Wait a minute. Did Dan Bongino own Parlor? Huh? Didn't Dan Bongino own Parlor? He was part of the group that at one point in time did. But he, uh, he, I believe, got out and owns Rumble. Right. So, okay, which okay. is now a publicly traded company, blah, 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 blah. Um, so good on him making good business decisions, right? Uh, right? You like to see that. But I don't know if you've been following the anti-Semitic bullcrap coming out of Kanye West. I mean, yay's mouth lately. But um, look, man, you have a right to... Believe whatever conspiracy theory bullshit you want to believe, right? Go for it. I I just choose not to be able to engage in in your bullshit. But, you know, he got suspended and, and kicked off of Instagram. I believe Twitter suspended him at some point. Yada, 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 right? So he goes right. out and he buys Parler. For what reason? Yes, you are correct. You you are allowed to spew whatever you want to spew and and free speech and all that, right? right? Again, I don't have to engage in it, and neither does a company have to back your speech. By the way, also correct. They don't have to, but I will say this: there's a difference between um, uh, a hard and fast rule, like you know, no pornography, no um, sex talk around kids, things that actually have like legal definitions to them that you can enforce right there's a difference between right. that and then that's anti-semitic but this isn't right the the arbitrary nature of some of the rules that twitter and instagram and and facebook and blah 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 have put in place that's right. the difference here for me um and that's the rub i've always had with twitter and with um meta who owns facebook and um instagram as well in some of these other social media companies is that they've gone down the road of being the arbitrary arbiters of what is considered anti-Semitic, what is considered racist, what is considered this, what is considered that, when those are not hard and fast definitions, not necessarily in all cases. Using the N-word, okay, well, black people use the N-word every day on Twitter. Every day. Do they get kicked off of the platform? No. no. Right? So you have an arbitrary rule as to who gets to use what words. It's very simple. We don't allow this word on our platform. Boom. If you do suspension, suspension, kicked off. Right? Right. So we know all of that. But folks, you... I don't want to touch that new version of Parlor with a 10-foot pole, right? 
No. But more importantly, Pat, I want people to realize this, that Ye or whatever the hell he wants to call himself today, Kanye West, okay, grew up in and around the south side of Chicago. There is a large black Israelite group here in the city. You can see them, or pre-pandemic at least, you would see them spewing their vile garbage about being the real Jews, the only Jews, Jew, and they would do it outside of like Jewish businesses or restaurants or whatever, right? Somebody who is Jewish owns this place, so we're going to go and we're going to create havoc. But this is not something that is new to Kanye West, these theories, these ideas, these concepts. Nick Cannon has taken this stance before in the past as well. But for Kanye West, this is something that exists inside that culture, if you will, on the south side of Chicago. This is a cultural thing. This isn't new. This anti-Semitic language, this uh, these ideas, these concepts, they've been around since before I was alive. They've been spewed since I've moved here. I've seen it. If you walk in downtown Chicago and you see these people, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. You'll see them. And they're spewing exactly the same rhetoric that Kanye West went on a podcast and spewed about how black people are the real Jews and blah, 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 blah. This is a learned behavior, okay? This isn't somebody who has gone off of his rocker, uh, somebody who has had a recent issue. This is something that he has seen and heard his entire life here in Chicago. Now, there's also a group of these individuals in um, New York as well, but the largest containment of this group or the largest numbers exist here in Chicago. This isn't new. It's the same thing that we saw with the Nick Sandman video, right? In uh, when he was, uh, or when, when they were there for the March for Life. What was that back in, what, 2014, 2015, somewhere in there? I thought it was like 2015 or 2016 or something like that. It was before the 2016 election. We, oh, no, it had to have been the before? 2016 election because they were wearing Make America Great Again hats. Right. So it had been between Actually, 2015 might have been and 2016. It might have been 2017, even. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it's around there. But that's the group that was confronting Nick Sandman, okay? Mm -hmm. The black Hebrew Israelites. This is, this is a learned behavior, folks. So I want people to understand that, that this anti-Semitic rhetoric, right? This, this concept that the, there's only one real Jewish race and that they're black is not something that is confined to uh, the ravings of a madman to, of himself, right? Mm -hmm. This is a learned behavior. This is something that you can see, that you can be exposed to every single day here in the city of Chicago, especially on the south side. Especially when they are taking advantage of people who may have a predisposition to mental issues to begin with. And I would argue that you can make the, the argument that, that Kanye West has clear mental issues. You can make that argument, but to just dismiss this as the ravings of his madness, no. 
These are the ravings of a taught and learned behavior. So I want to get that out of the way so that when you are talking about this subject, you can understand and critically think and give some education to other people so that you understand that this you can't just dismiss this as stupid talk and stupid rhetoric. This is a learned behavior. This is something that is ingrained in pe- some people in the south side of Chicago. This is an actual thing that people really physically believe in and that they physically go onto the streets in downtown Chicago and spew to other people on the sidewalks. They will harass white people. They will harass people who, quote unquote, look Jewish. They'll do all sorts of craziness. These are people you don't want to mess with. These are people who are unstable, yes, but also so passionate about what they do, they're willing to commit violence. So be careful the road and the path and the people you form coalitions with. There's a reason you don't form fellowship like Candace Owens has with Kanye West. And by the way, her husband was one of the owners of Parlor. Convenient well, that Ye now owns Parlor. Uh, that that was whole symbiotic is. relationship. Symbiotic. Mm. Was or is, by the way. Well, well, he was as of yesterday. Kanye oh, okay, West gotcha. now physically owns that. Well, no, no, I was talking about her husband. Right. That was my point. He did own Parlor until yesterday when Kanye bought it. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Correct language. (laughs) Um, But my point in all of this is to show you, as we talk about the difference between fellowships and coalitions, you can form a coalition with potentially somebody like Kanye West, But again, be careful the roads that you're walking with, the people you're walking and whom you're walking with. I I generally go the other way. Whatever whatever Kanye West is doing, I generally go the other way. Oh, and I understand that. My advice would be to do that. But what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is that on the right, the tendency is to anybody who is is in a category that's not the quote unquote, you know, average white male, if you will, right? The tendency is if they've if they start going down the road of conservatism to hold them up on the pedestal as if they are unimpeachable, as if they are, you know, the 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 grand poobah, if you will. Like, look at this individual. They're telling the world the truth. Uh, take Joe Rogan, for example. Yeah, Joe Rogan is a, well, I wouldn't say he is the, a, this example. Because Joe no, Rogan. Not to this extreme, no. No, because Mm. Joe Rogan is somebody who actually believes in free thought. Yes. Kanye West doesn't. What what I'm saying, though, is Joe Rogan tends to lean probably more left than what, you know, most would think. But yet they do prop him up on a pedestal. (sighs) Yes and no. Um, I think he has a tendency to be more conservative these days than than not. But true. But my overarching point is that the conservative movement is so desperate for the accepting of this culture, Mm -hmm. right? They're so desperate to see this person who's trending or this person who's involved in and propped up by the culture of today is telling you 
that the culture of today is bad or telling you, quote unquote, a conservative viewpoint or whatever have you, right? That right. you that that you take and hold that person or group or whatever to a standard that you never should. You're you're hitching your wagon to people who are going to disappoint you in the end. This is why right. it is okay to have them in a coalition. And and I'm not going to sit here and suggest, Pat, that having a rabid anti-Semite in your coalition is good. Okay? What I am saying is that that is somebody who can have the thoughts of whatever economic conservatism or social conservatism, right? But mm. you don't have to prop them up. You don't have to exploit them or expose them or, well, look at what Kanye said or what. No. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Because now, guess what? Candace Owens, um, you are you are hitching your wagon to Kanye West. Literally, your entire family has hitched their wagon to Kanye West. Is that the road you want to go down? Uh, now well, you I mean, are not there's... just associated with, mm. but you have you have stuck your neck out for somebody who within hours, if not a day or two of you propping him up comes out as a complete and total anti-Semite. How, yeah, how, how do you get out of that? You can't. You can't. Uh, apparently there has been some major disagreements between her and Ben Shapiro over this too. Uh, you uh, would think? Yeah. Ben Shapiro is kind um, of, I don't know, Jewish? Jewish. Um, but but my point in all of this, folks, just, just so we get out of this and then get into truth or fiction, is that be careful whom you walk the path with. It is okay to vet people. It is okay to not prop up every celebrity or every individual whom speaks one thing that you like because you don't. Because what is happening in the conservative movement is that, again, that desperation for acceptance, which I don't understand. We are the counterculture today. We don't need to be accepted by the culture of the spirit of the age. We don't need it. We don't need it. So, Nor should you want it. Right. So what is it with your desperation for the acceptance of people who are famous? What is it? You don't need these individuals to make change, and I will prove it in truth or fiction. But before I do that, Pat, your first truth or fiction. Well, okay, speaking of the spirit of the age and all things crazy in the world, mm -hmm. uh, truth or fiction, gender transition for minors should be considered across all 50 states First degree child abuse should be by law. Okay, I'm going to need you to clarify. Are you talking about this is going to be a federal law? Are you talking about this state by state? What are you talking about? Uh, I mean, I personally think it should be federal law at this point, but uh, I'll settle for state by state. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with fiction. Okay, and here's why. Because I don't believe it is the federal government's job to dictate to 
anyone how they can raise their child necessarily, how they can um, medically treat their children. Okay? So, for instance, should we not... Because if you do this, Pat, what you are mm -hmm. also saying on the flip side then is somebody who's a Jehovah's Witness or somebody who's a um, Seventh-day Adventist, right? They wow. have very, very specific things that happen when it comes to um, how they treat medical issues, right? right? If you're saying that the 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 federal government now has a role in how you treat or don't treat your child, right? Mm -hmm. What is to stop them from now going into your religious belief system and saying, nope, you don't get to do this anymore. Now, we have had state arguments about this, right? But now you're going to federalize this. This is a slippery slope, and I understand that. This is a slippery slope that I am unwilling to go down. I do not believe the federal government has any role in this whatsoever. Do I personally agree with you? this should be banned? Yes. But how I would do this is I would make it so difficult, and this is the libertarian leanings of this, right? Look at what Matt Walsh was able to accomplish with Vanderbilt. Mm. Okay. Matt Walsh exposed Vanderbilt for its absolute radicalism in this field, in this area. Okay. Absolute radicalism. A hundred percent radical viewpoint of we're going to treat this as just business. Right. That's that was the real radical part of all of this. It wasn't so much the the actual surgeries and whatever. It was the callous nature in which they treated this field. It was the the dollars and cents versus life altering transition, if you will, right? So the libertarian viewpoint here is what the exposing of this the culture will take care of this the culture will demand change the culture will demand so here's a great example of this how did we get jim crow laws to change it was by public pressure it had nothing to do with the federal government per se it had everything to do with making that such a, a cultural no-go zone anymore. Yes, there was a fight, and they did have to use the federal government, and they did have to do this, and they did have to do that, but that is because the federal government had, and state governments, had codified and institutionalized Jim Crow laws and you know, Plessy versus Ferguson, right? Separate but equal and all those things, right? So they right. did have to use the apparatus, but the changes happened because the people demanded it. The people stopped going to businesses. The people boycotted. The people, you know, did, um, you know, Rosa Parks and, and you know, her complicated story. But those those are the things that led to the change, right? The The now, today, what would happen if somebody were to refuse service to black people? 
or reserve, refuse service to a white person or refuse service to an Asian or Hispanic or Native American person on an institutional level. Like we are never serving anybody of that race, period. Or you, you got to go to the back to get to go if you're white or whatever, right? What would happen to that business? People would eventually, people would catch on and people would never, ever frequent that business. They would put the business out of business, which is essentially what Matt Walsh in his exposition, in his expose of Vanderbilt's radical gender transition um, process, right? That's what he did. He gave that cultural pressure to stop the business. We don't need the government. The government is not the solution to these issues. The solution to these issues is to make sure that culturally, academically, physically, that and psychologically, that we understand what the truth is about what they are doing, and we make it so uncomfortable for them to be able to practice this. It's the same thing with abortion, right? We make it very uncomfortable for them to want to practice this. And then thirdly, we we educate with the truth. You look at uh, the, the the pregnancy centers, right? You look at the, the ultrasounds and the care and the um, information provided and the resources that maybe people need to be educated about, right? The ultrasounds, all of those things. What are those, Pat? That is not the federal government. That is not the state government. That is not local government. That is we, the people, making an educated choice and trying to educate others. Does that always work? No. But what if, what if down the road we do find that the best care for people like this is somehow this, this practice, right? Now, we, now what do we have to do? We have to go back through the federal courts. We have to go through the state courts and through all of this to change this. I believe that the societal pressure is the right route. It'll eventually, it may not work in all cases, but again, we can't live in a society in which we force our morality on other people all the time. That doesn't work because eventually, and we're seeing it right now, Pat, that the other swing of morality is being forced upon us, and we don't like it one bit, do we? We don't like Disney shoving you know, their gay agenda and their trans agenda and their gender diversity down our throats all the time. We don't like turning on the TV and somehow every single freaking show has got to find a gay or lesbian or bisexual or trans individual or... um tease or whatever on it, right? We don't like that. But, but we're going to force the government to be the apparatus that forces our morality on them? I, I, I don't like it. What say you? Well, I, you, you made a lot of very great points that I had necessarily thought through. Um, and and I mean this this is actually coming from by the way a uh, in Michigan um, GOP lawmakers are trying to pass a bill right now that would make gender transition for minors okay uh, child first degree child abuse 
And now, would I advocate for um, doing this procedure? Hell no. Hell well, no, it, because it, it, it because and because what we see from science, right? I I don't have to go to my morality. I can go to science first, and science right. is telling us over and over and over again that it doesn't fix the issue. The issue is mental. The issue right. is always mental in these cases. It is a dysphoria. Whether the the World Health Organization wants to recognize it or not, that is the truth of this. Because if this was physically fixable, we would see the suicidality rate of this subset of individuals go next to nil. And instead, it actually increases for the vast majority of these people. Right. Well, this is – so this is kind of – because for me, this is almost a, a – and I'm self-aware enough to to be able to say this, okay, that I whenever I see things like the Vanderbilt thing happen, I get pretty pissed off because I don't want to see our children abused. I don't want to, I don't want to see that in, in our society. I don't. And and to me it is an uh an immoral th- practice to do gender transition on minors. It is absolutely abuse. Mm-hmm. There is there is no ifs ands or buts about it. And and so where I went down the road with this, I'm like, well, you know, we we do strip kids away from homes for abuse. It, absolutely. I don't disagree with you there. And and that's why I brought up the uh, Jehovah's Witness, the Seventh-day Adventists, like the mm. Pentecostals, if you want to go down that route, right? Or Catholics, even. They have different beliefs in, in medical and medicine and intervention, right? Right. Um, are we willing? I personally believe that, you know, okay, are we going down the same road that we go down with, well, your son or daughter um, needs X, Y, Z medically, uh, but... Your, where's that line, right? Where's that line right. between I get my religious belief and the state intervenes? I don't like that line. And again, you you made some very fair points there. I'm I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that you're wrong and that I'm right. That, that's that's not my yeah, argument. Exactly. Again, we're not saying either um, one of us is right or wrong. Again, this is the point of the show, right, Pat? Critically think think for yourself and. Maybe maybe what, either one of us has hit a home run or or made you think differently. That's the point in all of this. Different perspectives, different thoughts. Let's you know whatever. Uh, but go ahead and finish your thought. But where, where I ultimately come down on this, and, and and maybe you're right. Maybe government isn't the way to go go about it. Okay, I, I'm willing to concede that. However, I'm also willing to go down the possibility of what are all the means tools things that we can do that would be necessary to stop this kind of child abuse. And notice I'm only talking about gender transition for kids. If you're an adult and you want to go through this, that is completely up to you. Okay. Right. Um, and, and so, I mean, I don't agree with it. I think it's self-abuse, but you have the right to decide that for yourself. 100%. For kids though, for kids, this is absolute abuse and I want to put an end to it. And I'm, so, I'm, so here's I'm where I think the government where, has a role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't be to make this child abuse because now you got to go after the parents. Now you have to go after the doctor, blah, 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 blah. Right. I don't know the specifics right. of how the Michigan law would be enforced. Mm. Why not just make this procedure illegal? 
and if you are providing this procedure, you are it is punishable by mm -hmm. your medical license. Oh, wait, that's right, Pat. The American Medical Association and the American Association of Pediatrics are team lop off all the boobs and and tuck all the the uh, male bits. That's why, right? And who's providing money to these governmental organizations? And more importantly, who's providing the money and funding for campaigns, right? It's right. the AMA. It's the AAP. By the way, one of the most radical organizations in, in all of America is the American Association of Pediatrics. It's right up there with the teachers unions in terms of its radical agendas. So that's why they're they're there. That is the answer to this. But the simple solution here is not to make this child abuse. The simple solution here is to make the procedure illegal. There's all sorts of procedures and all sorts of medical things that are illegal to do. And you can use the power of licensure to do so. But if we and I, and I will say this, if we if we go down that road, the whole point of going down that road is because this is child abuse. Right, because it, it yeah. it's child abuse and it has no medical benefit. There is none. Right. There is no there way is to prove at all that there is a benefit to this to a, for a minor. Because what we are increasingly seeing as we get to study people who are going from you know 13 to, to 18 is oftentimes by the, hit, the time they're into their early 20s, all of this is gone. Oftentimes, that is the case. If you just give them the psychological tools to understand what they're going through. And that's oftentimes the case with all teenagers of all stripes dealing with all sorts of changes and weird thoughts and weird things going through that. It's just part and parcel of going through puberty. This constant acceptance of anything that anybody ever wants, this is tamping down the spirit of the age. And I agree there shouldn't be a way to medically intervene in this until after you have mentally matured. And I would argue that that is around 23 to 25 for many people. And under that... Uh, yeah, I would, I would even say for most. Yeah, for most people, it's somewhere in that range. And until then, we shouldn't be doing these types of medical interventions. This should be unethical at a very minimum. And then... This should be an illegal practice in which you are punishable by stripping your medical license and punished by jail time. That's where you intervene if you want to intervene at all. And I you know that I am an advocate for limited licensure mm. um, because of all sorts of stuff. But I'm going to go to my truth or fiction here in the first half of the program. And right. it's this, Ron DeSantis' Martha's Vineyard stunt actually is going to help those migrants stay in the United States. It's kind of a backfire, isn't it? Do you think, um, truth or fiction, that that's going to yeah. happen? Given, given this administration... Given today's climate, and depending on where they can put these migrants, that's going to be truth. 
if they can put these migrants and say back in Florida or back in Texas mm-hmm. and, and get them to stay there, great. But if they can't keep them out of Martha's Vineyard or out of Chicago or out of New York City, then it might be then 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 it might be um fiction at that point. So so truth if they can if they can get them in the right places, and by the right places I mean where the left deems that they are acceptable, um that would be truth. If not, then it's gonna it, it, it'll be fiction, at least to some degree. So it's kind of it's kind of like that that middle ground of where it depends on where these migrants end up. So some, yes, I think it will happen. For some, maybe not. So here's the issue at hand. Because mm-hmm. this was a political stunt, right? There's no question. It, it, which it was. It flat out was. And I was on board with this because this is this isn't using human beings for a political stunt per se. And I, and I want to be clear on this because what this is is this is a dose of your own medicine. This is right. this is taking and highlighting what the federal government is already doing and putting it on the doorstep of the very people who advocate for this position and making them understand and realize what they're doing. And I'm okay with that because here's the other thing. These people consented not necessarily to this specific act, but they were willing to break all sorts of laws of their own to come here. They were willing to risk life and limb to come here. Right? They're ready. They're ready. Their their ability to say, "Well, I I uh, I, I don't want to. I don't consent to being in a political stunt." You were already part of a political stunt. Whether you came from Venezuela or Africa or Saudi Arabia, which we're consider, uh, constantly seeing on that southern border right now, whatever have you, you don't get to claim I, I was duped. However, that's exactly what is going on because, again, this has been a political stunt. Now we are seeing the reverse of this poli- uh, political stunt being played out because the sheriff, the left-leaning sheriff of Bexar County, which is San Antonio and it's some some of its surrounding communities, is now attempting to certify that they were um, illegally uh, detained, I believe is what it is. Oh, uh, unlawful restraint. Under the Texas Penal Code, unlawful restraint or, restri- or restricting someone's movement without consent includes actions that involve force, intimidation, or deception. And uh, that his office, uh, the I believe it's um, Javier Salazar, okay, noted that his office had submitted documentation through the federal system to ensure the migrants' availability as witnesses during the investigation. Now, the certification move is notable, as Reason points out. Because it clears the way for the migrants to apply for a U visa, right? It clears the way for them to apply for legal status in the United States of America. The whole point of this stunt is you deal with the illegal immigrant, right? You just gave them legal status, potentially. Potentially. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I think that they should have thought through on the other side. That's what I think they should have done. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, I, I I would agree with that. But what we also have to be careful about here is, okay, so you're saying that the fe- that the state of Florida deceived and duped these individuals to a trip to Martha's Vineyard, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you about the lawyers who then showed up, right? Let me ask you about those so-called immigration, neutral immigration lawyers that showed up. No, every single one of them is a leftist activist who believes in open borders. Every single one well, of them. So is, here, is here. that or is that not something that they coerced these individuals into signing and, and becoming a part of, right? Did they right. not engage in unlawful restraint, right? Or did they not engage in unlawful practices? Because they have already felt pressure one way, and now they're feeling pressure another way. And did they intimidate them in? You know how intimidating it is for that group of lawyers to show up? It is super intimidating because they are all wearing these bright colors and like, you know, some sort of official capacity. No. How many of them said, oh, yeah, I was pressured. I was pressured out of pressure from these these lawyers. More importantly, how many of them were sold a bill of goods as if they were going to get money from the federal government if they were to just certify this? That's my point here. Um, I think they should have thought through that before they made this political stunt. I think it was much more important for them to have done it in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, um, Washington, D.C., why? Because the politicians in those areas, now Martha's Vineyard I get because it's the haughty left-wing, you know, Karen group, and we saw that. But D.C., watch their response. Watch Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, and his response. Watch Lori Lightfoot and her response. The hypocrisy that you got to expose is much greater in those areas than it would have been in Martha's Vineyard. So I think it was dumb. And with that, Pat, though, I think it is time for us to play the B or not the B. Are you are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Today's headline. <clears throat> Joe Biden is still having trouble understanding the Internet. Today's headline is Joe Biden is still having trouble understanding the Internet. And while you are thinking about it, folks, if you are considering a move into or out of Illinois, and Chicago more specifically, I personally would be happy to assist you in that buying or selling process. Hit me up, Andrew Coppins, licensed realtor with Exit Strategy Realty here in Chicago. Um, I'd be more than happy to set that all up. You can find me on Instagram at CloseWithCoppins. You can find me on YouTube and Rumble uh, for all of my wonderful real estate dealings at Living in Chicago. Uh, So you can find that channel on either YouTube or Rumble. Um, all about what it's like to live here, um, what it's like to move to here or from here, um, all the ins and outs and education that you could possibly want on neighborhoods, on all the fun that you can have in the city, all that wonderful goodness. Go ahead and check that out. Again, that is at Living in Chicago on YouTube or Rumble, wherever you'd like to get your educational on. And with that, um, again, please hit me up there. You'll find links to where you can uh, get a free consultation. Of course, uh, the consultation uh, is about 30 minutes or so, and uh, I'd be happy to understand what your needs are and, and see what we can do to help you. 
Uh, again, that's uh, at Close with Coppins on Instagram, Facebook, and all that wonderful goodness. Closewithcoppins.com. All right. With that, Pat, um, is this the B or not the B? Do you need the headline one more time? Well, Joe Biden does still doesn't understand the internet. Right. Um, I, I, I got to go with not the B on this right. one. Are you sure? Pretty sure, because, I mean, you know, he, he is up there in age. He has cognitive disabilities and everything at this point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he doesn't understand the internet. If you get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. <laughs> what? D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. Did he mean dot FTC dot gov? Yes. Report yeah. fraud dot FTC dot gov. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, this weekend, uh, they also started the application process for um, the up to $20,000 in student loan debt forgiveness. Um, that, that started I, I, this weekend, by the way. I just went up to $20,000 at this point. Well, and see, you know, I have student loan debt still. So this is a, you know, while I morally hate this, right? You might as well take advantage I, of it. I can't not take advantage of this because it is my money they're giving back to me, basically. <laughs> right? But at this point, you know, I I just I just me personally, because I don't have any student loan debt, neither does my wife, because my wife paid all hers off. Um mm-hmm. I, I just want up to twenty thousand dollars at this point because if I have to sit here and and, and shoulder the debt for you know, everyone else that has gone through school and still has debt. If I have to show, I want that money too. Absolutely. I don't see how that's not, yeah. how, that, how that's fair. Not yeah. fair. I, I mean, I, I look at it from the perspective of, so somebody else can financially be ahead of me just because I decided not to take advantage of something like this. It's, it's the government giving me my money back. <laughs> Essentially. That's how I look at this. And so I'm not going to not take it, right? Like this one, right. this is different than like, you know, the, the, the federal government offering me $7,500 credit to buy a um, a Tesla, which you can't use the credit on, by the way. Um, but you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm going to go buy a new Chevy, uh, Chevy Bolt with that $7,500 credit. Oh, wait, Chevy raised up their prices by 10 grand as soon as that hit. Oh, weird. I'm not going to use that credit for that. Like, no, uh, no, no, but I'll take that 7,500 bucks and put it elsewhere. Right, right. Exactly. And with that, though, Pat, um, your next truth or fiction. Well, this is going to be in the same vein as uh, my my first truth or fiction, and, and that is going to be truth or fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt will get away with transgender surgeries and they will eventually assume re- resume for minors. Fiction. Okay. Now, and here's why it's because Matt Walsh and everybody else is watching and they will continue to watch there. This isn't something that's going to go away. 
in, in terms of, of people being vigilant. Now, I will agree with you that they're going to attempt to give it time, right? They're going to attempt to to give it six months or a year or whatever have you and then try to restart it. Why? Because there was a shit ton of money to be made from this, right? Mm-hmm. Now, again, just because you can doesn't mean you should applies here, right? One of Doc Thompson's uh, rules. Um I firmly believe in that rule. Just because you should doesn't mean you, or just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Um, I I fail to see how they get away with doing this again. Could they attempt it in five years? Maybe. But in the next year or two? No. But within that five-year span, who's to say... Vanderbilt medicine and the culture of the medical college changes, right? Mm-hmm. Who's to say that that doesn't happen? Um, so it, I just, in the near term, I don't see how it's possible for that to continue because the outrage, and not necessarily just the outrage, but the absolute vigilance of what happened, right, is still there. This is a red hot issue culturally. And it's one that people viscerally feel. I don't think you make the mistake of attempting this again in a year or maybe even two years. I really don't because this isn't going away. And to do this would be to risk state intervention and action against your entire business. Because that, you know, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's what these these um, these hospitals have become is business. This is a business. These people are in the business of making money. Okay, they can claim the not for profit status all they want. But what are they doing? Why do you see this rat race in equipment and buildings and yada, yada, yada? Right. That's because that's where they're putting all the not for profit profit. Okay. I'm telling you right now, they don't want the wrath of government because what the next step will be is, yeah, you're out of business. Bye-bye. See you later. Oh, your medical college status? Bye-bye. Vanderbilt wants none of that, and that will be the next step and the next consequence. So I don't see how it is possible. What say you? Well, um, I I tend to who agree with that assessment, but there is part of me that that wonders if this is going to be truth. I, I, I'm going with fiction for now, okay? But I do wonder if part of this is going to be truth eventually. Um, and the reason why is because uh, this is actually coming from the Daily Wire. Uh, Vanderbilt insider insiders fear transgender surgeries on minors will resume. And here's why. Vanderbilt is a liberal-led institution, and anytime anybody let pressure off, they'll continue to push these types of procedures. It won't stop until it's banned by law in the state. So that being that, that's what makes me wonder. I'm like, okay, is this going to be truth? Because they will keep doing this until state law says no, you can't. Hmm. The, the only way I could see that, that, that I mean, I, again, so, I don't so think here, it's going to be. So here's the rub, right? 
Right. I wouldn't. I if I if I only looked at this as a political issue, absolutely. But I don't. Mm. I don't see this as a political issue. I see this as a moral, as a right. cultural, as right. a, a a different issue. And it wasn't the government and the threat of government that stopped Vanderbilt in its tracks. Oh right. hell no. No, it was, it was the culture. Right. Here, but at the same time, at the same time, I, I agree. I don't think that this starts again tomorrow, next month, or even next year. I, I, I don't. I don't think it happens that fast. Could I be wrong? Sure. I mean, However, I'm not saying that they will, won't try it, but what I am right. What I'm saying is that it will get shut down twice as fast. And that's that would be the hope, right? So I just the question is, if they try it, will they be successful? No, that, that's what remains to be seen. No, they and won't. I, One way or I the other, by hook or crook, they will not be successful in restarting this program. They won't. Maybe, maybe there will be like the psychological aspect of this, right? But the medical intervention part of this is gone. It will not come back. One way or the other. That's my viewpoint. Now, my final truth or fiction is this. Europe, not America, is going to lead us out of the globalist economic downturn. It will be Europe, not America, that leads our way out of this crap. I mean, my question here is going to be how. Um, and I'm going to go with fiction on this simply because look at the energy issues right now going on across across all of Europe. Um, and and if if they are going to be having major issues this winter, how are they going to lead us out of? In terms of a world, right, out of these economic issues, I, I don't see how that's Europe at the end of the day. I don't. See, I'm glad that you brought up the energy crisis in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that uh, the American and international media and one of the things that even European media have been downplaying are the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people across Europe who have begun protesting the coming energy crisis, the issues, the governmental-led issues, the protestation of the, the war in Ukraine, all for what, right? The pressure right. for change, the pressure for stopping the war in Ukraine right, is coming from where? The European people. It isn't coming from the American people in droves out in the streets. But I could throw you videos from Paris from Berlin, from Munich, from Belgium, wanting their leaders out, wanting the European Union out. They want nothing to do with it anymore. They want physical change, not just rhetorical flourishes. They want change. They want something different. And we're talking about millions of people in Paris, in Brussels, in, in uh, Berlin, in Munich, we're talking people in Vienna. We're talking all over Western Europe. There is a wave of people saying, we don't want your government anymore. We're not even talking about 
um, domestic policy per se. It's you have screwed us so bad when it comes to energy. You've made us reliant on one source for our energy. That's not good. Um, Jason Stapleton had somebody on from the Czech Republic last week on his program. And I highly suggest if you have not listened to the Jason Stapleton program that you do, it is highly educational on various topics with really down-to-earth people. And I think it's topics that people need to think about. And he had mentioned that you know their energy independence is gone because when the times were good and energy prices were easy to come by, they were selling their strategic reserves off as well. Their governments right. have, have... So my thought process is this, Pat. Who, who is leading when it comes to not just thought but action? It's not the American people. The American people are going to sit back and vote Team GOP in, in a potential red tsunami, which is now the, the term de jour in conservative media. The people are going to sit back and vote and then do nothing. Okay, The people mm -hmm. in Europe are literally calling for not just the, the heads of the heads of state in their respective countries, but also the end of the European Union. And these are not small groups of people. This is not some right-wing, heavy fringe group. These are coalitions of people all across the political spectrum who do not believe that the European Union is leading them in a, in a good economic or cultural or political direction anymore. So when I talked about this, I mentioned globalist economy. That's the point here. They're gonna they're go they're going to lead us out of that time in which we have to do everything in lockstep with each other. It's going to that is going to end. You're going to see, I believe, in the next five years, the end of the European Union. You're going to see the end of international money. And I, I, we've talked about this, right? Who wins this battle? Is it going to be Russia and its, and its more nationalistic view of currency and economic activity, or is it going to be the the internationalists who want to take the U.S. dollar, the the uh, euro, all of that, and combine it together into some sort of one international currency? That's really the issue that was playing out in Ukraine. Okay? That's really the issue because it's who's going to be able to control the economic engine of the world. Okay? Is it going to be national or is it international? We've talked about this ad nauseum. When I look at the people, when you when you actually look and go look it up, okay? It'll be in the description. I'll put a link in the description for this, okay? But go look up what took place in Paris and in Brussels and in Berlin, in Munich and elsewhere in the Western, quote-unquote, democracies, okay? Go look it up. Every single one of them was demanding the end, demanding the heads of the European Union leaders, demanding change, demanding economic sovereignty, right? Demanding the ability to figure out how to get out of this by themselves, I'm not saying that they're going to be successful right away, but what I am saying is ask yourself who's out in the streets and actively promoting and, and protesting against this. It ain't us. 
we're behind the EU. We're behind the European people. The European people feel this in a much more dramatic fashion than we do because, yes, we have become less self-reliant and more reliant on others over the past two and a half, three years, right? We have become less energy independent instead of more energy independent because as we transition to other forms, right, we have become more reliant on China and elsewhere to fund all of our quote unquote solar, wind, all of that stuff. We've become more reliant on them to produce the products that will help us produce the energy when we could be more reliant on ourselves to find ways to, um, as we look and explore ways for us to be able to to get these things here in the United States of America or transition slowly into some of these things, we we have cut the the regular side of things down to a point in which we have become more reliant instead of less reliant. The, the people in Europe are getting it before we do. They're in the streets. They're demanding action. They're showing their frustration. What are we doing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Our, uh, vote Team GOP, and then Team GOP will do dick about it. Bupkis, nothing. That's where I come down on this. And with that, Pat, any final thoughts on that topic or the show today? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think you're right. In terms of here, um, we will be doing ditch. See what I did there uh -huh. uh, about it. Uh -huh. um, because that's, that, that is our culture right now. That 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 perfectly sums up our culture. In Europe, I hope you're right. I really do. Um, I looked at it from the lens of what are the different leaders of different countries in Europe going to do about the economic crisis right, that's I mean, going on. Around look the world. at what they're doing in Paris. They want they want Macron the hell out. Right. Uh, it's it's if if Europe is going to lead us out. It will be by the people of Europe, not by the leaders of Europe. One hundred percent. This is yeah. going to be a people-led movement, right? And and I hope that it that it becomes infectious. And I hope that it becomes um, infectious in in the way uh, less Bastille Day and more seventeen seventy six. Okay, correct, I want to be correct, clear on yes. that. That's mm. my worry on this: is that it becomes more authoritarian than less authoritarian, but. What I am seeing is the people are protesting the reliance on others, right? The reliance on some sort of just one source of energy or one source of economic power or whatever have you. They want their culture back. They want their their ability to be flexible back. It's it's as as we have said in the past. It's kind of a, a, that revival or bust mentality. Um, and it, it would appear that, you know, the people of Europe are, are wanting more of a revival and wanting more of um, we need some change here. And mm -hmm. here we are, you know, thinking the red, the red tsunami is going to come save us when we've been sitting here saying, no, it's not. Um, we need that same mentality here. We need that revival or bust mentality. And with that, though, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. 
don't get lost remember who you are no means no and i think i think joe biden needs to learn how to code please be smart be safe be kind as always matthew 547 tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.